What are you having to drink tonight, Chris? I'm going to have me a gumball head. Oh, man, we just had some of those. We had some of those at the uh, at the party this weekend, last weekend, I, right? I, I liked last it so weekend. much. Yeah. yeah, it was at her sister's house, actually. Yeah. Gumball, that was the first time I tried it, and I liked it so much, I'm, I think I'm going to get me another oh, one. Oh, it's tonight. good, yeah. Pour me another one, bartender. Gumball, gumball head, this is by Three Floyds Brewing. They are actually located out of Munster, Indiana. Mm. Munster. Rob Zombie presents the Munsters. You seen that? He's, he, Rob Zombie made of the Munsters. Well, Rob Zombie's doing it. Yeah. Good lord. I wonder what kind of. I wonder what. I mean, is he doing like a like like an original take on it, or is he is he? Is he making it like Rob Zombie fight or or? I mean, it looks like it's, he's trying to stick more to like the show, <laughs> no, the TV show, more traditional. I got you. Yeah, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I was like, man, I've seen it. You know, what is the, it, the Devil's? I was gonna say, I've seen the De- Devil's Rejects. I was oh like, yeah, whew, my kid's not watching that Rob Zombie movie. Gosh, he, he's has made a lot of films. The, the oh, they're always uh, brutal. What was it? The the some, the um the Devil? They had the Devil's Rejects. Yeah, the House of Thousand Corpse. Oh yeah, yeah. That's he like made, he made one, um, yeah. some Halloween movies, right? Didn't he do like some his oh, version yeah. of Halloween films? You know, I actually thought that he is the um, Lords of Salem. Remember that it was like oh, a witch yeah. one. Hey, that one was that. actually actually yeah. I thought that one was kind of I thought that was um I actually good. liked weird. one he made. It was called Thirty One. Oh, you ever yeah. watch that one? Uh, uh-uh. that was a pretty good one. What's that one about? So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember okay. that. It's like the Saul. It's like a game, sh- like like a right, like the, like rich the wealthy, people. the rich yeah. people on Halloween. Like they they put people in this. It's almost kind of like Running Man, where they're in this kind of like arena thing, right? Where they can watch these different psychopaths right. chase these people around and try to kill them. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's the Running Man without the the really cool eighties spectacular entrance that they did in Running Man. Was it wasn't Meatloaf in that? He was like Dynamo or something. Yeah, Dynamo <laughs> presenting. <laughs> he did like he sang opera or something. Yeah. And he had like the electric bolts or whatever you'd shoot out. <laughs> Dynamo. Dynamo and all the lights would be flashed. That was Run! Get out of here! He's coming! Dynamo's coming! Dynamo's coming around the corner! Man, the 80s in Arnold Schwarzenegger, man. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Well, um, I, I'm trying to think. I watched one. It was on HBO. I watched um, um, uh, what's the one where he's on Mars, where he goes to Mars? You oh, know, uh, Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. Oh man, Total Recall's great. <laughs> That's a good. Yeah, it is a good one. Yeah, I that like one's that. pretty cool. Yeah, I remember that one. Then obviously the first Predator, still to this day, is hands down. <laughs> like not even like even Predator Two that a lot of people really enjoyed. That comes, still comes nowhere close to Predator One. Yeah. Predator One is is hands down. It's it's like a thriller, horror, action, military. I mean, it's it's literally just this. You know, such a you cool know what I remember concept. about the Predator, and, and when you watch it today, like you think about to. I mean, obviously the Predator character and even the films have obviously spanned its own franchise. So we yeah. it's nothing unusual now. But right. during that time, that movie coming out and how fascinating the story was. And when you watch the film, it's almost like two parts. The film's almost like a two-part sort of film. In the beginning, it's almost sort of this traditional sort of action. You know, the the commandos are going, you know, the special force guys, you know, tough guys are going in, and they're 
they're trying they're to figure be out the border in three days. You know, and they're and they're they're having some weird encounters, but in the end, you know, they're 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 ultimately complete their mission. And then at some point, like all these guys get killed off, except for like one of them. And the movie, like all of a sudden, midway turns in from this this kind of action film yeah. to more like the survival horror. Oh film. yeah. And, for it the still, rest of and it still retains a lot of the action elements, right. even into the horror aspect of it. I remember when I saw the Predator movie. I, I don't remember where we I, where would be the first time we would have ever seen it. Do you remember the first time you ever saw that movie? Me I remember you. we watched it. So our dad had a collection of movies on VHS, and that was one of them. Oh, and really? I remember watching it at the house. We watched it at the house for the first time. Okay, so we were. How do you think we would have been? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I, well, I, I, so our parents were a little traditional in the fact that they did actually sort of limit what films we could watch oh, yeah, at certain yeah. ages. We would have been older, yeah. But there was a point when we, I guess they started feeling like we were old enough to start watching a little well, more progressively. Well, it was funny because I felt like it was almost like once we hit 15 or 16, it was it, it was almost kind of like the floodgates just opened. Yeah, I, I like guess, after that, they just didn't care. So so here, and here's what's funny about that. And I remember because that was still during the time when we had video stuff. Stores, right? Yeah, yeah. And and we, we would go to them and stuff. Yeah. And I remember when you hit that point, now I was allowed to go to sections in the video store that I wasn't allowed to go yeah. to before. And I immediately horror. fell in love in the horror right. <laughs> section, right? I was like, it's oh, man. Because as a kid, and I've mentioned this before on the show, as a kid, I used to just like to go, because I couldn't watch them, I couldn't rent them, but I like to go over there and just like look at the boxes and like flip them over and like see all the you know it's images intriguing. and stuff. And yeah. I was like, ooh man, it looks really scary or weird. Yeah, and now to... and at a certain age, and I was like, okay, now you can you know you can go buy the PG thirteen movies now, not the R's, but you can get the PG. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it but at some point, I remember that it was great. So, but you have to understand when we watched that movie for the first time, because because we were seeing it later. And, like, we actually, when you say, like, they even kind of, you know, they, they were traditional in how they, like, filtered maybe some of the films that we watched. They were traditional on, on other aspects just as much. So, like, we had never, like, I had never seen the monster in the Predator movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally had never seen it. Right. So, so while the movie's going, you know, like you were talking about in the second part where they start introducing, they start giving you more clarity as to what's going on. And right. you start to kind of get glimpses of the creature. I just remember, like, being like, man, this is so cool. Like, I wonder what it looks like. Like, it's invisible. And even by that point, it was kind of an older film still by that. I mean, I say yeah, older, like, yeah. it, it had been out, I mean, we were, it was probably, like, er, like late 90s, yeah. maybe early 2000s. So, I mean, this has been some time the film's been out. And we're, and we're watching it, like, mesmerizing. Like, this is freaking Dude, awesome. This, I've never seen anything like <laughs> this. This is hardcore. Well, because because <laughs> if, you never, if you've never, ever, ever seen the movie, t- you can't go into it blind anymore. Right. Think about it. Those movies have been, they've made 20 of them. You see these monsters everywhere well, I, now. They're used on yeah. the posters. Like, all of the mystique of it is lost now. But if you, we got to, we were at a time where we weren't exposed as much to it, so we got to experience it, like, like, like you would have seen it like in the movie. Yeah, there was only oh, by, so by cool. the point that we watched it, only two of the films had ever been made. Right, the first right. and the second one. That was they, no, you're exactly right. Yeah, I remember the second one. Yeah, the second one had been made for a while too. I think hadn't it? They kind of yeah. stopped for a while after mm-hmm. those after the second one. But anyways, I remember. I remember, and, and the payoff was even better because as soon as you see the creature, you don't even get to see the face yet it has this really cool badass mask right. on and the mask is like you know the visor that's giving it all of the feedback you know it's like able to track the heat <laughs> signatures of people wow. such a cool concept 
Yeah, yeah it controls this little laser turret on its shoulder. So so once you start to get a glimpse of it, and with that, that alone is is freaking amazing. That alone is fucking awesome. You, you it's a monster. It even right. still then looks terrifying. It gets even better towards the end of the movie because then he even takes the fucking visor off and you're like, holy shit, it's it's this ferocious, crazy-looking alien. Like, it's a staple in culture now. Like, it's so popular, this creature and the design and how he looks. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, it's such a great movie. If you can watch it blind, if you're... If, if some, if, God help us. If anybody's never, never heard of it or never experienced the movie Predator... Don't don't look anything up on it. Just go watch the movie. Just the first one. Just watch the first one, and and man, just be intrigued by the majesty of the of the. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, of the yeah. of the narrative of the creation of the narrative. It's such a unique story. It's such a unique story. It's really cool. But even things like when I watch like Total Recall, I'm like, man, the eighty. Like even that's a really unique right. story. Even like John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I can't remember the last time I've seen anything outside of. Well, didn't they do, like, a reboot of it? Outside of, like, a reboot of it that I've seen that even comes close to kind of that scenario. Right. Uh, James Cameron, didn't he make a whole lot of sci-fi and... Yeah, he made the Terminator. Terminator yeah. and stuff. I mean, like, yeah, a lot of very original. I mean, we see On so August much, 23rd, it, Skynet it, it, is sort initiated. Of, it's sort of interesting when you look at certain franchises that, that maybe even started during that time and see how even today we're, they're, they're, they're just like they're still iconic. remaking it. They're, they're just still trying to, they yeah. just can't get away from it. They're like, how do we replicate what this film did to the industry when it came out? Like, they've even made so many Terminator movies now <laughs> that, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, are, are they all, are they all in order? Like, is there, are, we are need you, to see a Terminator timeline like they yeah. do in like the Disney like movies. Like, some of them are, are like any of them canon. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, we need, we need a little bit more clarity as to what. Now, you know, I'll tell you one thing that I really did enjoy in the Terminator series that I had always wished they had done, and they finally did it, was where they explored, they explored the future. Instead of the past, instead of him going back in the past, because in the movies, was that the one that had um, Christian Bale in it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. What was that one called? I, I, I don't remember which one it was. Because Terminator there's so many Salvation, of them. Terminator, maybe Terminator. I don't know. I don't know. Some one of those. There's so many. That's what I'm saying. There's you know so many what, of them. I can't remember the name of it. And you know what? I, I, but I remember the film. I remember that. Yeah. That yes. I almost even feel like that was supposed to have maybe been the last one. And the reason mm, I really? say that is, yeah. And the reason I say that is because I feel like in the film. You actually get to see what happens. Like the mm. the humans ended ended up winning. We ended up beating the machines. Like in the future, that's always the thing. That's always the premise of the prior movies. The future is uncertain. They're sending this this right. reprogrammed robot back into the future All in an effort to get, change right, it. Right to change to alter the course of history so the future doesn't have the uncertainty. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the one with Christian Bale in it actually like. Shows you how everything ends up oh, going down. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it. I See, think I don't remember the, that part of it. Yeah, I feel like that's the end of it. But it all takes place in the most of it takes place in the future, which is really cool, which is really neat. So maybe all the re- so maybe all the films after that are just still, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe they're alternate. Maybe they're going to have a Terminator alternate timeline. Yeah, you know? I mean, poor Arnold, the he's multiverse. Gotten, he's gotten so old that you know, like I think in the last one he was in, they had to like CGI him, you know, to make him look a little <laughs> oh. bit younger. Yeah. Oh, Arnie. Crush your enemies. See them driven before you. Yeah. And hear the lamentation of the women. You know, it, it's, it's something about uncomfortable truths. And I oftentimes say that any, you know, anytime somebody 
anytime we talk about something that we say is existential, oh, a lot yeah. of times it's one of those uncomfortable truths, or right. it's one of those uncomfortable questions. Let me say it that way: not truths, but uh, but questions. Yeah. So and um and and oftentimes people will tell you, well, you need to stop talk, you need to stop thinking about those type of things. You need to stop questioning mm-hmm. um, those questions because you know you're never going to find the answer to it. Right, and I'm like, in my mind, I can't help but ask the question. But if you're never asking, if you're never talking about it, <laughs> if you're never asking those questions. You're never. You're right. You're never going to learn anything else about yeah. it. And I mean, something that could maybe illustrate context would be society would say, tells us. I would say, I would okay. I would say, like, purpose is a big thing. A lot of uh, people yeah. struggle with purpose, understanding, Fulfillment. like. Why you know what? Wh- why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? I mean, I've I've said it before. I think a lot of people end up just kind of creating their own purpose. You know, they sort of just find something. They're like, oh, this is this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. This is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like they kind of create their own purpose, right. right? Right. But I think there's a lot of people, and it's probably a very common thought for many uh, people is you know what? Like, why are we here? What are we what are we really supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, some people say some people's religion tries to give them that answer. Some people kind of come to their own determination. Some people just simply don't know. But it's one of those things that we consider kind of a one of those big questions that well, mm-hmm. maybe there is no clear answer. But so, so let me ask you this though: Do you believe that societal constructs confine the ideas of fulfillment and purpose? Do you believe that because we live within a society that tells us what fulfillment and purpose is, it maybe it maybe skews the idea of what fulfillment and purpose is? What but I think I think most people don't generally try to go past the right, point of right. saying, <laughs> "What the, can I? How can what can I make my contribute my contribution to humanity?" And that's my purpose. That's right. my calling. That's the frustration. I think that's right. that's enough for me. I'm not going to question why humans are what we are, why we exist. Right. But I'm like, but to me, there is a need to question that. I think mm-hmm. the answers are all out there. Yeah. It, just my interpretation. And maybe that's my fault. You know, maybe I'll drive myself insane just trying to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I well, just... it's kind of one of those things because a lot of philosophies, most philosophies, I think, teach mm-hmm. um, some form of accepting what is, accepting mm-hmm. things as they are. And I think that that sometimes people maybe even get that misinterpreted. You don't right. accept if, the idea. If I just accept that answer, then I never I never move further than that point. Right? It stops right. there. And that and that for a person like you frustrates you. And you're like the door is always open to for wisdom and understanding. Mm-hmm. That alone to not question or to not accept alone sometimes can be a, a you know potentially a disservice to people. I mean, if that may, does you, I mean, do you think so? I, I, I agree. Yeah. Uncomfortable questions make people uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like a lot of things, and I'm not, and not even just existential stuff. I mean, just right. things in general. It's like, it's why we have to be willing to have uncomfortable conversations because mm-hmm. that that's where that's where the answers lie. Right. Yeah. That's where that's where the greatest answers to change it lies. I don't, I don't know if I really care about cultural sociological issues at this point. I just want to know what fucking made me. What I am, if I really am just some kind of so, little placebo from the sea, or if maybe I am something that was blessed with intellect so, and understanding, and I want to, you know, and I want to so see what think, that is. I think for someone like me, I'm just past, like, I don't feel uncomfortable about it anymore. Right. It, there's not a, 
don't know. I just don't feel deterred from. I'm like, right. no, I'm like, I'm just gonna keep. <laughs> well, what I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm gonna ask the questions I want to, and well, maybe I'll never get the answers, but I might feel st- I'm still might just ask them. I don't know. It's just who yeah. I am. And I think I think if you if you if you analyze the concept of being uncomfortable, that within itself is something that creates an avoidance. And if so, if you actively continue to avoid something, kind of like stepping do, outside of your comfort zone, right? sure, sure. If you actively do that, you are inherently creating a fear of the unknown. Mm, right. And as Yoda says, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hatred, hatred leads to suffering. And it's Very kind wise. of it's a pretty fucking valid point. Right. So it's one of those things that it's not it's not necessarily that you need to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. For example. And maybe speaking to a large audience, if that makes you uncomfortable, that's not necessarily the point I'm trying to make. That's not necessarily. I don't. I don't even know if that's that's something that's that you should have to push yourself on. But to push yourself to think critically and to think objectively and to think on a larger scale, on a, sometimes even on a cosmic scale. Well, I think too, you have the right to decide what you you're willing to be uncomfortable for sure it's sort of like anything that you're pursuing in life what are you willing to sacrifice and what are you willing to sacrifice for Mm -hmm. so i think that you know it you don't just often automatically have to conquer everything that you dislike i don't Mm -hmm. believe that that makes sense it does it does. It's 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 something that I think we as a species miss a lot. I think we get so fixated on the tiny petty things